we sort of recognize that the creative career paths are sometimes a taboo topic in the Asian community. A lot of the times are a taboo topic. And we really wanted to make this group to show our community the different Asian queens who have successfully done it and made it in this industry. I think that's so important for us. And we're sort of just encouraging incoming professionals to follow their dreams. Hello, welcome everyone to Straight Ahead an animation podcast where we spotlight rising black, indigenous, and people of color who are the future voices of the animation industry. I am Raymond Dozalanda, one half of your co-host. And I'm Yuki Okamoto-Wong, the other half of our whole host. This week, we are featuring Asian queens in animation, and today we have their founder and co-director, Mansi Sunkura. Hi, thank you for having us here. We also have founding member and admin, Sanisha Agarwal. Hi, thank you so much for having us. And finally, their co-founder and co-director and creative director, Shrav Yosangkar. Thank you so much. Really excited to be here. Awesome. Well, now that we have heard your voices a little bit, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit more about yourselves? Yeah, totally. Uh, so I can start. I'm Mansi Sunkra. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And I'm the founder and co-director here at AQIA. And in my day job, I work as a production coordinator at Nickelodeon. I have experience working in 2D and 3D productions, and I've worked at studios like DreamWorks, Lucasfilm, and Warner Brothers so far. And I lived in San Francisco for two years, and I just moved to Los Angeles. Ooh. Awesome. Congrats on the move. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, I'm Sanisha, uh, pronouns she, her. I'm the founding member and administrative manager here at AQIA. And I just graduated actually from Pratt Institute in New York. So as I, during my time as a student, I got to intern at places like Cartoon Network, Titmas, and Sesame Workshop. And yeah, I'm now pursuing a career in production management, which is very exciting. And then finally... Hi, I'm Shravani, but I go by Shrav. And uh, my pronouns are she, her, and my title is co-founder, co-director, creative director. It's quite a bit. And my, <laughs> my background experience is a little different. So I actually work in branding and marketing. And my current role is that of a junior brand strategist at um, Prozac Partners, which specializes in finance and B2B industry. Awesome. That's impressive. Yeah. That's awesome. Like yeah. any, anytime I hear somebody that does something other than <laughs> art, it's like my my brain is blown that you can do something <laughs> else. <laughs> That's what I feel about art people though. But when they do them, like, oh my god, <laughs> how do you do it? That's amazing. Well, I can't wait to hear more about you guys. The way we like to start off on straight ahead is by playing a little game called In Between. We're going to give you all two similar choices, and you have to choose in between the two of them, and then let us know why. Sounds good. Let's do it. Okay, great. Cool, cool. I'll start us off with the first question. Who would you rather have as your arch nemesis? Megamind from Megamind or Syndrome from The Incredibles? Oh, that's really hard. (laughs) If we're talking about cooler villains... I feel like I'd say Syndrome. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. Like, I mean, Megamind's really cool, but like Syndrome, he just got, he just like has the backstory and then 
like the motive i don't know like okay mm-hmm. you're, talk- you're talking about as, as a character i thought like uh, i thought you're talking about like just design and like their personality is like i don't think syndrome's a cool character storyline um and he's actually kind of scary like i remember as a kid being like very scared of what this person would do mm-hmm. but if i were to have a nemesis i guess like he would be scary to have as a nemesis but i feel like megamind it would just be a lot of banter of like yeah. know, like teasing each other i mean like um like you're the best at that what about me <laughs> or you know like that back and forth so i feel like it'll be more like villainous for syndrome to be mine mm, yeah. okay mm-hmm. okay that's a fair point i see that like if i want to like, it depends on how good of a superhero I am, you know? Because if I feel like Megamind would be easier to take than Syndrome. Um, <laughs> Shots yeah. fired. Like, because, wow. <laughs> like, Megamind, like, he's kind of, he's such a softy, like, if you think about it. He he's is. so, like, yeah. so I feel like you could, like, change his mind eventually. Syndrome is, he's just too damaged. Like, too much has happened. Like, he's just very sad. So, yeah. I think I'd have to go with Megamind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about you, Shrev? I think I'm going to go with Syndrome as well. The main reason is I haven't watched Megamind. <laughs> so I don't know what to expect. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. You add it. I think it's on Netflix. Yeah. Just, you know? Yeah, yeah. Add, add it to your, your watch list. list. Yeah. You know, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go and watch the movie after this. So I'm going to stick with Syndrome. <laughs> I know what to expect at least from that. Yeah, I, with what was said earlier, I think... I would go with Megamind because he'd be an easier arch nemesis. I think Syndrome is way too like he's really, he's too intense. Yeah, he's too intense. He's actually like he's almost like a real villain. <laughs> <laughs> almost, he's just like chill out. Exactly. I feel like I feel like besides him kind of like being like screwed over by his own device in the end of the movie of like of the Incredibles, his plan would have succeeded. Like I feel like none of Megamind's plans ever truly succeeded, and they always like were flawed. And but yeah, I just think I like the sh- the showmanship of Megamind, and I think there'd be mm. I think because of that banter, I think I would have a, a more greater time, you know, fording Megamind than I would Syndrome. I think like, I think yeah, I think Syndrome just way way too way too intense for me. Uh, what what about you, Yuki? Well, I mean, I don't mind that Syndrome is so intense, but I kind of agree that like I think it would just be more fun to have. A, a, a nemesis that I can banter with. Like, what Monsi was saying is kind of the reason why he's appealing. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like it would be more of a of a doofishmurst and Perry the Platypus kind of situation. Oh, yeah. With yeah, 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 exactly. Sure. exactly. <laughs> Every so, workday would be entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> like, what gotta is he going to do today? <laughs> Might as well. (laughs) Next question. Would you rather be locked in a tower by someone pretending to be your mother, like Rapunzel from Tangled, or by a dragon like Fiona from Shrek? I think Castle by her mother, because, like, she got her the paint (laughs) she wanted, you know? Like, at the end of the day, she got to paint. Like, with the dragon, you never know when you could be, like, burnt to a crisp. Mm, that's okay. my thought process. I don't know. That's fair. Yeah, as, as, that's that's fair. You don't you don't know that she's <laughs> pretending to be your mom, or that she's that she yeah. stole you from a child, and that she's like, 
you know, been secretly manipulating you. I guess ignorance <laughs> is bliss. Yeah, exactly. Like what you don't know won't hurt you, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what about are you, you going to say, Shrek? I would probably say the dragon. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All like right. Every day you just wake up and there's this dragon right there. So it just would be more interesting, I feel like. <laughs> so for you, the appeal is the dragon yeah. then. Just, Absolutely. Okay. That's the selling yeah. point. <laughs> I feel that. The dragon is a nice really? feature. Right. Feature. Like some houses, some houses they have a porch. This house it has a dragon. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have donkey dragon. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eventually you get saved by Shrek. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I guess I guess that's the sense too. Is like because in one scenario you know why you're locked up and you know why you can't escape because like there's a dragon there. And the other scenario, your mom just keeps telling you, "No, you can't go outside." And just keeps coming up with reasons of why you can't. Okay, uh, Monty? Uh, I think I'll also do the dragon. Especially if it's big and pink. Like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) The dragon probably has a reason. (laughs) The dragon, um, actually is my bestie now. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, what about you, Yuki? Between the two? I feel like I'm also leaning towards Team Dragon. But also, at some point, it's like, uh, you're just waiting here to be saved by some dude. And at least in Tangled, she was just kind of like, hmm, maybe I do want to go outside. (laughs) And she was like, it's my rebellious teen phase. You can't tell me what to do, mom. (laughs) Maybe maybe that. I mean, her mom is scary, but she's just like, she's just a person, right? Mm -hmm. She's a person. Yeah. You could just, Yeah. yeah. I could take her. <laughs> I could take her. Yeah. One thing, this is just reminding me of something because I just watched it last night. But there's this YouTube channel called Cinema Therapy. And they were mm. like, they, it's like a filmmaker and a therapist watch movies and like talk about oh, it. Interesting. And yeah. so this is very like, I just watched it yesterday for Tangled. And so I'm like, this is very cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's nice and fresh. Yeah, I love it's cinema really therapy. Funny. It's really interesting. See, I think I think for me, I, I think I would have to side with uh, Sanisha. I think I would probably go Tangled only because like, the more I think about it is like, like with Tangled, I know like, the mother at least gave me food again gave me yeah. books gave me paints i got like how did how did fiona eat? i don't know like, yeah like, how did she eat. how did she survive like did yeah. did the dragon give her food did like someone there was like their delivery service is that is that why all the people all the knights are dead because they were just there to kind of like give her the food and before they got a chance to escape they got burned to a crisp or did she eat the flesh <laughs> oh off gosh. the off the dead knights like i don't like, uh, how did she keep herself entertained that whole time? So, like, that's that's my only thing. Like, yeah, that's my only thing in my brain that I'm trying to think about. Like, in Entangled, I feel like I'm I'm getting fed at least decent food, and I, there is entertainment. Yeah. I don't know how Fiona kept herself sane, mm-hmm. and to the point where it's like, yes, anybody, please just get me out of here. Well, Ray, in Shrek the Musical, Fiona does have books, so. <laughs> Maybe there's like a, I don't know, there, there has to be something. It's like far, far yeah. away. Mm-hmm. I guess she also learned karate or something because she beats up all the oh, yeah. bandits. So she, yeah. yeah. Yes. Mm. She's many skills. <laughs> 
All right. Great, great answers. Thank you so much for playing in between with us. Uh, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> and then if this is your first time tuning in, please be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at StraightAheadAP to stay up to date whenever we upload a new episode. You can also follow myself at Radio Silence, both on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me at Chewdles, both on Twitter and Instagram as well. We are so excited to have Asian Queens Animation joining us uh, this week. We're really happy that this month of August, we're spotlighting organizations that really help the BIPOC community. But before we dive in too deep of what is Asian Queens in Animation, could each of you tell us a little bit more about yourselves and kind of like your background and experience in animation or just... My background in animation is I work in production management. Um, mm -hmm. I'm a production coordinator at Nickelodeon right now. I've worked at a couple studios like DreamWorks, Lucasfilm, Warner Brothers, on both 2D and 3D productions. That's been my thing so far. <laughs> yeah, completely different. So I went to school for advertising and branding, and then that's what I've been pursuing right now. I used to work as a project manager um, in upstate New York earlier. Really enjoyed it, but couldn't deal with the weather there, so I had to make a move. <laughs> <laughs> so I moved up here in New York, and then I joined um, Project Partners. I love the fact it's like woman-owned, woman-run, so absolutely fell in love when I interviewed there. And now I just work as a brand strategist, as I mentioned, in the finance and B2B space. So I see like a lot of hedge funds, uh, venture capital, some tech companies, and stuff like that. So impressive. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> So I went to Pratt Institute for 3D animation. Uh, so yeah, I just I, I actually just graduated. And over like some, when I was a student, I got the experience of interning at studios like Cartoon Network and Titmouse. And it, I really fell in love with production management over there. So that's mm. sort of what I'm pursuing now. So now the, the next thing I kind of want to dive into is that for an audience that may not be familiar uh, could you tell us what is Asian Queens Animation? Then you can, and then could you also dive a little deeper about each of your individual roles within uh, Asian Queens? Yeah, I can start us off. Um, so Asian Queens in Animation is essentially a community for Asians of underrepresented gender identities who work or aspire to a career in animation, visual effects, and gaming. We've been around for about two and a half, almost three years now, which is so exciting. And over the years, we've built a team of about twenty plus people who believe in our mission and volunteer with us. And we also have a strong community of over 14,000 people online from all around the world, which is really, really, oh it's God. just mind boggling. It's really great. It's so impressive. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been so rewarding to just hear from people and hear this positive response because we just want to help out as much as we can. Um, we organize panels, workshops, virtual and in-person mixers, things like that. And I think one of our proudest moments uh, re most recently has been hosting a panel last year at Lightbox Expo. Yeah. Awesome. Yay. Woo. So, so cool. And then can you uh, dive into your specific role within the within Asian Queens? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm the administrative manager and uh, one of the founding members. So I help out with any like board decisions that need to be made if we're trying to hire on new team members, if we're trying to find new people to host panels, things like that. And then I also lead the social media and engagement team as well as the captioning team, 
who both of which are great volunteer teams who help us out with all things on the internet, all things uh, bringing more people into our community and reaching people from all around the world. That's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Mansi, will you want to go next? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm the founder and co-director at Asian Queens in Animation. And what I have been doing since we started is a lot of the event planning. So I, I organize panels, events, and now I have a team that we all work together to do it. But yeah, and so if anyone's listening and you know someone you'd like to do a panel or hear from, just feel free to um, message us on any platform and we can reach out to them. And Shrev? So to start, I've been the creative person on the team. Um, so the logos, colors, uh, the pose that you see online, that's me and then the team of volunteers, that's what we mainly do. And just kind of integrating brand through the lens like, of legend and just kind of incorporating in the business, I would say, and creative vision as one team and not having it separate is mainly what I do. And um, mm-hmm. along with Sunny and Mansi, also we help me to my like the bigger vision. That's what I think our role as like board members is. What is next for us? Where are we heading? So yeah, that has been my role so far. I'm curious specifically for you because you're not like involved directly in animation. How did you get involved with an organization that is? It's a very, very small story. Mansi hit me up randomly <laughs> on Snapchat one day. I was like, hey, design me a logo. I was like, all right, sounds good. And I did. <laughs> and then three <laughs> years Snapchat? later. I was, no, yeah. so we're like, we, we were friends from college. We went to SCAD. Mm. And so we were, we both started in, in Atlanta's campus. And Atlanta's campus is relatively smaller than Savannah. And so we were able to meet people outside of our major. And mm. so that's how me and Shrev met. And what, like when we'll go into the inspiration for AQIA later, but when, um, you know, we were, I sought out to make an organization like this, a community, I was like, mm-hmm. who do I know that's in branding and design? Who's mm-hmm. awesome? Drum. <laughs> and then I messaged her. That was back when <laughs> Snapchat was a thing. I still use Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I was like, I use Snapchat, but like, I don't. I definitely don't use it as much as I do Instagram stories. Mm-hmm. It's my preferred. I use it for like more art related stuff. I think for like my very personal uh, personal stuff, I still use I still use Snapchat like just for close friends and family. Mm-hmm. Same. I'm like, this is my preferred social media. <laughs> but the thing is, I only use Snapchat when I'm using it. If I'm posting something. Then I'll see whoever else posted. But other than that, I don't open up the, the app. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. But, um, but talking about the inspiration, to just kind of segue into the next question. Yeah. What did inspire the creation of Asian Queens in Animation? Yeah. So at the time of creation, there were no other Asian communities within the animation space. So we took the initiative to build one for our community. And we are... We, we're really like we're exclusive to underrepresented gender identities because we wanted to create a safe space for Asian women and non-binary folks. Um, mm-hmm. At the time, all three of us were students and we're looking for representation. And we saw all these other organizations coming up like Rise Up Animation, Latinx Animation, Black and Animated. And mm. we felt inspired to create a space for our community and like-minded individuals like us. That's really awesome, really awesome. Yeah. And then... 
And then again, like Asian animations also came about as well. Like, I don't know if they came first or later, but like, it seems like you guys both serve like a different purpose, but mm-hmm. same similar goal. Because, yeah, like um, I like the fact that you guys are specifically for underrepresented communities within the uh, Asian space, as well as like, you know, um, women and non-binary. That's that's really amazing. I think it's something that we should also be mindful of and kind of, yeah, try to Mm -hmm. create helpful resources or communities for people in that space. Mm -hmm. Yes, Yes, definitely. And Mm -hmm. because the three of us grew up in both the U.S. and in Asia, we have the perspective of why it's, why we need a space like this, which mm-hmm. is exclusive. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. No, yeah, it make, makes total sense. And then, Sunny, can you tell us how you got involved with with it? Like how we, we, you brought on or or how did yeah. like, yeah, how did it kind of come together? Yes, it's sort of a funny story. So Monty and I met online, actually. I think it was at one of the... <laughs> One of the other um, organizations was hosting an event. I think it was Rise Up Animation. And I think during COVID, so there were a lot of the same people attending these events. And I saw Monty's Mm -hmm. name pop up. And I sort of just reached out to her and I was like, hey, um, saw you at this event, would love to connect. And we we became friends that way. And we were just talking and we're like, we're so inspired by all this work that other organizations are doing. Like, we should do something mm-hmm. like that. And it's sort of the rest is history. It's been great. It's been great working with both Shrav and Mansi. And yeah, we've been going ever mm-hmm. since then. And then Shrav, you, you were messes on Snapchat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, then she reached out. I generally thought that probably it was one time thing. I was like, oh, I'm just helping out a friend. But after talking to Mansi, I was just so inspired by the vision because I felt that even in my industry, and then I just fell in mm-hmm. to be a part of it. And then I was like, oh, you know what? I can do mm-hmm. this as well. Then why don't I do that? And then it just started to grow. And then almost three years later, here is where we are. Um, do you ever encourage like people, maybe you know from uh, your time at school who are like in more of a design field, you're like, oh, you should join this, even though it's animation. It's like just to have a community, have an artist community. Yeah, absolutely. When we started, it was pandemic. It was harder to reach. But even right now, some of my college volunteers, they don't actually work in animation industry. They work in the design field or they're mm-hmm. switching to like illustration and stuff like that. Even I have a US designer, a software designer on the team. It's mm-hmm. be, yeah. So it has been very diverse. And I feel everyone just have the, has the nostalgia of animation based on how they grew up. So they always, I feel like, have this soft mm-hmm. spot for the industry to begin with. And that's what I've noticed a lot in everybody. And that's why they have volunteered so far. Oh, it's really sweet. I feel like there's a lot we can learn from other, like, majors, fields of art, (laughs) (laughs) too. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. So something I'm actually really curious about, you guys mentioned how you guys have, like, a team of, like, 20 people and, like, have really grown Asian queens. I guess my question is, how did you guys go about growing your team as well as, like, having, like, a pretty sizable media following like you guys have like i think like on instagram like over 1400 followers which is mm-hmm. pretty impressive in the three years you guys been or almost three years that you guys have been active so that's honestly really awesome that you guys were able to cultivate such a big community like in such a short amount of time so how did you guys go about expanding your team and also expanding that community for the team like we when we first started we first had our events we had people reach out and say hey i really would love to support and volunteer with you to help elevate this platform and you know just help build the community and so our first initial team of volunteers was built that way 
where just um, Shrava and I would meet them and just, you know, vibe check to make sure that we are all in sync and to make sure they're okay with, um, they'll like fit in with everyone else just as an interview. Yeah, we built a team like that just based on people who are passionate about wanting to elevate a space like this. And um, as we've grown, we just keep tabs of people that reach out throughout the time. We don't tend to have people like come in and out every now and then. Like we have specific times where we, because we don't want to have people on hand and not have work for them. So mm-hmm. whenever we do need the assistance, we'll, we'll look back at people who've reached out and ask them if they're still interested. So that's how we built our team. Yeah, I'll pass it to someone else to talk about the community. I think for community overall, it's just been like staying consistent and trying to help out our members as much as possible. So we have a Discord community for all our members where everyone talks about all things animation. It can be about a new movie that's coming out or um, if someone is looking for housing in L.A. because a lot of people move to L.A. for their first jobs. Mm-hmm. There, there's a little housing group so I think just being open to creating this space has really helped us reach people from all around the world and just of course like the creative team that Shrav helps out with has created so many like amazing graphics and things like that that only that it can only help so yeah it's been great yeah and mm-hmm. that's why like having Shrav make a brand for us has been so helpful Mm -hmm. because then people can associate us with the colors with the font Mm -hmm. with the style Mm -hmm. so it's easy like if we come up on their feed they're like oh yeah that's asian queen's animation yeah so Mm -hmm. we really are grateful to have shrub's presence on our team yeah the power of branding is so real totally i think i think you guys did a good job because when i think of like the specific organizations i think all of them have done a good job of like having a specific color scheme like again like the specific like purplish pink thing that you guys have with the with the goldish yellow like yeah i know it's you guys uh asian animations that baby blue kind of thing as well mm-hmm. latinx that orange and like mm-hmm. teal kind of yeah. thing and then rise up with the i guess it's black and white but they have like the little mm-hmm. um pegboard and thing in their like their social media but yeah i think you guys all did a good job of doing a of finding a distinct way to like separate yourselves and but also mm-hmm. like be recognizable yeah absolutely mm-hmm. if i can just add on to that the question initial question i feel like it has also been a very organic growth for us and like a two-way communication mm-hmm. because obviously starting out we didn't mm-hmm. have 14k followers right so when we started out small <laughs> um we used to have very like, good communication with our followers and the members and when we asked them like hey what is it that you want to see what would you like to see? What can we do something for you? What are you looking for? And then that just established a conversation and then trust in the brand. And then that has helped us a lot to grow. And now that we still carry on those communications with our current volunteers, asking them what is it that they need. And yeah, that has brought us so far. And I think you guys kind of already touched upon already how people within your community have already started like reaching out to you like, hey, how can I help? How can I be involved? What are some other ways that people can become involved in Asian Queens' animation? Is it like, is it like a membership or is it just like, hey, follow the social media and be up to date when we have events? Or is it like, hey, we are looking for volunteers for this upcoming thing that we would like some assistance on? Yeah. Um, so if you're listening and you're interested in becoming a member, we have a sign up in our link tree. You can find out on our social media page. Or even on website, you can go ahead and sign up to become a member. The website is AsianQueensAndAnimations.com. And you can join our Discord, which is run by volunteer members, to meet other members of the community. 
Um, then for just our members, we also host online and offline events like mixers, draw events, and just any kind of gatherings. And then we have a very strong volunteer team, of course, that we just touch based on. So every time we open up applications, we post about that on our social media, and then we get people to sign up for it. Um, so that's usually how mm-hmm. they get involved. And then one of our very favorite AKOA initiatives is Coffee with the Queen, um, which is a way where we, people can sign up for it. And then they have a one-on-one chat with other members of the community. And then we host them on a monthly basis. And this, it's a great way to just meet like-minded people in the industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. I, I think it's so wonderful that you guys are able to kind of cultivate like a strong like volunteer team that's willing to like help out. And like that really... Uh, kind of support your mission statement or like really like what you guys are doing because that just shows that like it was something that was like very much needed in the current animation space that people felt so strongly like this is something that really speaks to me and I want to be involved and I'm glad that you guys were able to kind of create a community for those individuals. Definitely. It's so important to have that diversity in thought as well, because there's only so much the three of us can think of. And whenever we have a team meeting with all the volunteers, there are so many ideas that pop up. Every brainstorming session is just like, I just sit back and I'm like, wow, look at this whole document of amazing ideas that we can we can actually <laughs> go through with in the next year. So it's just really great yeah. to have all these different people who are so invested in the mission that are willing to work mm-hmm. with us. We're so grateful. Sani, you already mentioned earlier that one of the things that you're like super proud of that you guys were able to do was do a panel at Lightbox. But I'm also curious for uh, Mansi and then Trev, like if you can tell us like what's something that Asian Cuisine Animation has accomplished that you're all proud of? Yeah, well, one is, again, just to emphasize the Lightbox panel, because that was the first in-person panel we've ever done. And so that was and I, I had to moderate it, which was very scary, but it turned out I, I think it turned out great did <laughs> i was probably like nervous and like shaking but that was something i'm and we're trying we're hoping fingers crossed to be on um at lightbox this year as well um mm-hmm. another thing that i'm sure all of us are really proud of is where we were able to collaborate with all the other organizations like rise up animation latinx black and animated agency animation through the women in animation mentorship program that we've been a part of for a couple cycles. And I've also mentored a a few of those cycles, but it's a great collaboration where we all work together to guide and mentor BIPOC folks who are looking to break in. Mm -hmm. That's great. And then uh, Shrev? And there's a fact that we have been able to grow up to like 14K in two and a half year. I think it's like a really big deal. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That this Mm -hmm. is again, strong branding, I guess. But on top of that, we had panelists from various studios like DreamWorks Animation, um, Nickelodeon, Lucasfilms, um, Walt Disney Animation Studios, Pixar, and a lot more to come share their experiences, answer specific questions that our community members have. So it has been great collaborating there as well. And then in January, we start the year usually with a series of educational events, um, which lasts up to about a month or two, a month and a half, I would say, which has been absolutely great. And then we've also collaborated with the API group at DreamWorks to bring in a few new panels mm. in the same time. Then we also recently had a event with Angela Sun, who came by and shared her portfolio's do's and don'ts. So it was very, very mm-hmm. insightful and an amazing panel together. It was so good. I mm-hmm. uh, We were in communication with Angela for a while, and I'm so glad it, it happened because it was so informative and so insightful. It was like a masterclass. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I guess on that top of, of like panels and stuff, like are there any like future events that AQIA will be hosting their audience should be on the lookout for? And as well as how do you guys go about putting these events together? Uh, yeah, of course. So we're planning a few workshops in preparation for Lightbox so that people are prepared for portfolio reviews and um, interviews and building connections as such. And we're also, um, now that I'm in LA, I'm hoping to host a couple of in-person mixers as well as virtual ones. And so, you know, check out our social media, join our volunteer run discord. We're going to share more details as they come. Mm. Something we're in the works of doing is kind of trying to do movie watch togethers. So like Mm. whenever, so for example, we're hoping that when the new Ninja Turtles movie comes, we could all just go together, like a couple people, we can choose a show and just go Mm -hmm. and uh, so we want to start like a little movie club like that. Mm-hmm. That's, a good That's idea. something we're having in the future. Uh, but I also just wanted to go back to the things we're proud of. I just wanted to talk about Coffee with the Queen again, mm-hmm. which yeah. will yeah. Um, you know be open again in the future. But it's just it was something that we thought of, like I don't I don't remember how it came up, but it was such a good idea, and we've had such positive feedback. And I just wanted to share like a, a story of one of my Mm -hmm. uh, friends Mm -hmm. actually, well, we became friends through Coffee with the Queen. Um, We both moved to San Francisco and um, we got matched and we became good friends. And so um, this person signed up again and was matched with someone from Pixar. And so when Pixar opened their doors to allow visitors, my friend was able to go visit Pixar (laughs) with their coffee match. And I was like, that's so cool. Do you never know? (laughs) Like I've heard like not only from um, my experiences, my friends' experiences, but we've got like feedback from community members of like how they they met people, they met good friends, like people who became good friends through Coffee with the Queen, which makes me feel so happy. And um, it's a great resource, especially when you're moving to a new city. You can try to find. Uh, we do our best to pair people with um, people who are close by, so mm-hmm. you can meet in person if that's something they choose as a preference. And so it's a great way to meet people in a new city, especially I know like going to college in a new city or post-grad or, you know, these are all just scary parts of new and challenging. So it's nice to be able to meet people who have similar interests in that way. So um, Coffee with the Queen will keep going on for a while. So look out for the sign up form. And that's something where we always love to hype up because it's a Mm -hmm. good way of starting. It's also practice for coffee chats. Instead of like, you know, it sort of prepares you one by one by starting with like, hey, let's be let's do a coffee chat with my friend and then we'll go mm-hmm. to the professional. But yeah. who knows, you might be paired with a professional. Yeah. And I think like, I mean, the number one advice that people always say about networking is just like, just make a friend, you know, just like be a person and uh, let them know that you're a person and you see them as a person. And it's not about like getting that next job it's about making a connection Mm -hmm. and i think like you said you know like familiarizing yourself getting used to just talking to people having a coffee or you know whatever is i feel like that's so important the soft skills yeah Mm -hmm. exactly the soft skills that's so important and the fact that you guys are having like little mixers like this or opportunities to kind of have that one-on-one kind of conversation especially Mm -hmm. with us kind of like we're still in the pandemic kind of we're like 
we're still yeah. on the cusp yeah. of it but like especially like prime pandemic when everybody was kind of shut to themselves and the mm-hmm. only communication was like the work chat i think a lot of people mm-hmm. forgot how to talk to a person like one on one yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I especially really in person <laughs> i think if it wasn't for this podcast i would have definitely have lost some of that kind of like communication <laughs> skill with people <laughs> Yeah, every time I go to the office, I'm just like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> like, how do I talk to people? I heard on NPR that's a thing that people, oh, really? like college grads, regret, uh, like literally Googling like how to talk yes. to people or like oh how gosh. to behave in the workplace. My friend yeah. that. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's real. Yeah. It's, it's hard. Real. It's, hard. It's, it's real. Like, it's we started our careers online, right? So every time I go into the office, I'm like, so awkward there but i, I know i don't yeah. know to talk to you about but okay, sometimes yeah. i'm just like how do people go to office every right? single day I yeah that. i can't imagine and, like, dress up like pack a lunch go to the office oh, like <laughs> yeah uh, but one other thing just just to mention about coffee with the queen is it's exclusive to our community mm-hmm. just because i feel like it's we want to connect others with other people within the community, but also sometimes when you're first starting out with building connections, at least for example, for me, when I was starting to reach out to people on LinkedIn, I would try to reach out to people who had a similar background to me, either mm-hmm. like a woman of color or like South Asian or Asian, just because I felt like there was already some sort of connect in that way. So mm-hmm. that's why our Coffee with the Queen is exclusive because it's a, I feel like it's a good baby step to building connections. Yeah. yeah. It makes a little sense. And then kind of like what you're saying, like someone that looks like you or similar background to you, that kind of leads me into my next question, which is how do you all feel your cultural background has influenced you and the work that you do? I feel like Mansi touched on this briefly that since all three of us um, sort of grew up between Asia and North America, like both of us, uh, we all have experience living in both. We sort of recognize that the creative Career paths are sometimes a taboo topic in the Asian community. A lot of the times are a taboo topic. And we really wanted to make this group to show our community, the different Asian queens who have successfully done it and made it in this industry. I think that's so important for us. And we're sort of just encouraging incoming professionals to follow their dreams. I think that's really why we prioritize making this supportive, safe space that Monty was just mentioning for all of our members who may not have the support that they need to do so. Mm. Oh, that's really great, though. Again, yeah. I'm totally loving everything that you guys are doing. I think it's so inspirational. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so Thank you. much. I think like Asia is such a big continent and there's so many different like, you know, different cultures in it. Is there anything that you guys do that you feel sort of brings the community together? (laughs) Because I think there's a lot of like a difference between like East Asian, South Asian, Mm -hmm. you know, Southwest, even like that whole like Swana community, like Southwest Asia, Northern Africa, like can be a different community too. So is there anything that you guys have found like working with so many different like cultures or is it all just kind of like a love of animation? So our team reflects, you know, most of our community and we have all sorts of other types of Asians on our, on our team. So we are able to talk about topics maybe we're not familiar with growing up um, since the three of us are South Asian, but Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of our morals, even though it seems different, is kind of the same when you think about it. Mm-hmm. And um, like our morals, the sometimes the way we grew up, 
our relationship with our families. We find there's a lot of similarities. There's more similarities than differences, really. And the love of animation and passion to have a creative career just ties it all together even more. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're also just open to learning about each other's cultures and backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And it's a thing for, I think that's why it's very hard for us to find representation is because everyone, every person's life is different when you're a person of color is mm-hmm. whether you were born in the U.S. and you moved to Asia or you were born in Asia and you moved to the U.S. or you lived in Australia all your life as an Asian. Mm. Everyone's story is very different. And so just being open to hearing about other people's experiences, which I feel like our community does. And that's something Mm. we encourage is people to talk about it because we're all just learning about each other. And um, we sort of want to encourage that attitude of we want to grow together and not be a comp- like a competition or a competitiveness yeah. which maybe some of us grow up with in our society mm-hmm. so we try to it's hard to unlearn things that you've grown up with but the, some of the events and stuff we're doing like coffee with the queen is like a small step baby step to unlearn yeah. things and hear from other people who we probably wouldn't have talked to unless we were matched, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. That was so wholesome. That's beautiful. I love that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yay. Awesome. Well, thank you all for joining us today. Before we get into our final question, uh, where can our audience find Asian Queens? Where can our audience find you? Uh, And is there anything else you would like to promote? Um, Well, Asian Queens Animation, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, we also have our volunteer-driven Discord, so um, we're going to post more about it in a couple weeks. But if you join our Discord, join the volunteer Discord, that's where we're going to talk. Have most of our events, sort of our in-person events. We're going to share details there. Um, so if you are eligible and part of our community, feel please sign up to join. I think you covered it. Yeah, our website and we post everything on our socials. So just. Keep an eye out there for, as we mentioned earlier, any volunteer opportunities as well, we will be putting up there. Is that just Asian Queens in animation.com yeah. or? Just yes. Asian Queens in animation.com. It's Perfect. Simple to the yep. point. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. We got that domain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and you can also add all of us on LinkedIn if you'd like to chat yes. individually or if you have ideas or. Uh, would like to see something from Asian Queens Animation, just feel free to message us at any platform. And uh, we would love to hear from you. We we do this for you and for the community. So just let us know what you want to see and we'll put it in our books to get to. Yeah, we love to hear ideas. So mm-hmm. please, please reach out. And as we come to a close, is there any funnel advice that you want to bestow on those that want to pursue a career in the animation industry? I know you're not directly involved with animation, but I think you can still give some valuable advice, Trev, like any advice you would want to bestow. Yeah, um, I would say be consistent. I get it. The economy post-pandemic, it's tough. I know. So just be consistent. It's okay to make mistakes. Go for it. Um, But just trust your gut and keep on going. It'll get to other places. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well put. Uh, Sunny? 
Yeah, um, keep going. Uh, keep trying your best. I feel like if you're listening to Straight Ahead, you're already doing something right because you're already on that path to <laughs> learning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, you're making that effort to learn. And I feel like all the opportunities that I've gotten that got me here is because I put myself out of my comfort zone. So try to try to do that. Be open to meeting new people, trying new things. And yeah, just keep going. Push yourself out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Mansi. Uh, my advice would be don't compare yourself to others in the path because people have different paths all the time. Like there's no distinct path you need to hit in order to have a career in animation. Mm. Everyone's storyline is different. It's literally like think of it in movies or like TV storylines, like everyone's is different. And mm-hmm. so just because yours doesn't match or align with someone else's doesn't mean that you don't have the same destiny as them to be an animator or to be a director it's just everyone's path is different and so just don't compare you mm-hmm. your story is your own and that's why it's unique because it's yours beautiful all all yeah. wonderful pieces of advice yeah that's really nice <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much again for joining us and if you audience enjoyed our interview with asian queens in animation please rate and follow us on apple spotify or wherever you tune in Uh, Leave us a review because that really helps boost us in the algorithm. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at StraightAheadAP. If you like what you hear on the show, please consider supporting us on Ko-fi. That's K-O-F-I slash StraightAheadAP. If you have any suggestions for future guests, please contact us on social media or send us an email at straightaheadpodcast at gmail.com. We love discovering new professionals and want to use this platform to boost these voices of the future. And finally, a big thanks to our music composer, Daniel Redier. Thanks again for listening, and thank you once again to this amazing organization that has a bright future straight ahead. Until next week, have a wonderful day. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Thank you so much.